This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Tuesday, March the 22nd. Hope you're okay on another glorious spring day here in Kent. First today, a bus driver has been taken to hospital after the vehicle crashed into a row of houses in Tunbridge Wells. Police and firefighters were called to Gregswood Road at about eight last night. Our reporter Sean McPolin has been speaking to someone who lives there. Sean, what have they told you? Well, Daniel Septemiu says he was watching TV with his wife while his young daughter was asleep in her bedroom when he heard what he described as an incredible and huge bang. He said it even sounded like a plane was crashing and when he ran to the window, there was dust everywhere. Now, this was the Arriva 277 service And Daniel says it was fortunate it didn't happen earlier in the day, as the pavement is normally busy with pedestrians and children walking to and from school. And how much damage was caused then, Sean? Well, it appears two houses have been seriously damaged, with the fencing outside several being completely destroyed. Pictures that you can see at Kent Online also show the extensive damage to the front of the bus, which is a smashed windscreen. Uh, And late last night, the vehicle was removed from the scene and we're told firefighters helped to make the area safe. And finally, what's the latest on the driver? Well, they were assessed by paramedics at the scene before being taken to Tunbridge Wells Hospital. But that's all we know at this stage. We've contacted Arriva and still waiting for a comment back. Sean, thank you ever so much. Kent Online News. P&O's been given until five o'clock today to explain why 800 workers were sacked without any notice. Last Thursday, we told you how all crossings between Dover and Calais had been suspended. Well, the transport secretaries told the Commons the company is trying to keep employees quiet by offering them redundancy pay if they sign a non-disclosure agreement. Grant Shapps has also denied knowing anything about P&O's plan before the announcement. A debate on what's happened took place in the Commons yesterday and among those to speak was Thanet MP Sir Roger Gale. About three months ago, P&O were running an advert for staff recruitment. This isn't just a job, they said. This is a family. In East Kent, those of us who use P&O regularly, those of us whose constituents work for P&O, regard them as family and friends. They are good, honest, decent, hard-working men and women, and they are skilled and they are dedicated, and we cannot afford to lose them. So my message, quite simply, is this. To Dubai, Reinstate those 800 men and women now and then if you need to get around the table and talk about what restructuring may need to be done and do it properly. And if you don't do that, then I fear that the ship will be renamed. It won't be the pride of Kent. It will be the shame of Dubai. Dover MP Natalie Elphick also spoke. She was heckled on Friday during a protest against P&O and also condemned who she called hard-left militants. I was invited by RMT leaders to join a march in support of Dover's P&O workers on Friday, which I did, along with the Conservative leader of Dover District Council and Conservative councillors. 
because we are united in getting those jobs back and doing right by the P&O yeah, workers yeah, affected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However, I found myself surrounded, bullied and abused by hard left militants. It was clear that they were unelected bully boys seeking to drown out the voice of democratically elected representatives, me as the representative for Dover. It is the hallmark of the bad old days of the 1970s and 80s, and we must guard against that returning. I will not be intimidated from serving my community by odious, hard-left militants who thrive on division, nor will I be deflected from serving my community and my duty to represent the ferry workers. That's why we must all call out the behaviour of hard-left militants. Now let's just go back ever so briefly to those claims that the government knew about the job losses before they were announced. While Paul Scully has been speaking, he's the Minister for Small Business. It's incorrect. I mean, I I knew nothing about it, but the uh, Secretary of State was informed the night before that the company was was going to be announcing redundancies Mm. the following day. Um, not as in the debate we heard yesterday that there were going to be uh, balaclava wearing in, um, uh, security guards or mm-hmm. anything like that. And the uh, P&O ferries have made redundancies over the last couple of years, each year over the last couple of years as well, because they are in a, in a, a not good financial state. And so he expected it to be going along the same uh, way as those redundancies announced previously rather than the situation that we've seen, the absolutely egregious situation that we've seen. And finally, there's been further reaction today from unions. Francis O'Grady is General Secretary of the Trades Union Congress. She says what P&O has done is illegal. We also think it's one of the most shameful uh, incidents in British industrial relations. 800 loyal, skilled workers marched off the ferries with no notice, no consultation with their union and sacked Uh, by a company uh, that has treated them like dirt. Uh, We need uh, the government to answer some hard questions here, who knew what when, from the Prime Minister down. But critically, we need action. We want those 800 workers reinstated to their jobs and given the dignity of livelihoods that they deserve. I'm very disappointed that Conservative MPs abstained on a Labour motion last night calling for emergency legislation because the the truth is uh, finding out what happened after the event means nothing unless those workers get their jobs back. Now, the government has got plenty of levers to pull. Uh, P&O has been handed free ports worth millions of pounds in Britain. Uh, It sits on the Transport Department's own advisory group, a very powerful group. They're awarded licences, tax allowances, tax handouts from the tonnage tax. The government could suspend their licences and tell them unless they reinstate those workers, then they are not welcome in Britain. There is plenty that the government could and should be doing now to make sure those workers get their jobs back. We do head to kentonline.co.uk for details on this ever-changing story. We will bring you more in tomorrow's podcast if indeed PO do respond as requested. Now, because of all of this, Operation Brock is back in place on the M20. We're told at the moment 
moment it's only as a precaution, but it could be used to deal with traffic if there are any issues following the suspension of P&O ferry crossings. The London-bound carriageway between Ashford and Maidstone has become a contraflow. HGVs and freight heading to Dover could be queued on the coastbound side. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. A sitting-born woman has revealed how her 10-year-old stepson pretended to be asleep as a burglar crept into his room. The family were targeted at their home on Kent Avenue with thieves making off with the family's car. It sounds absolutely terrifying, and this is something known as a creeper burglary, when people break in and take car keys but nothing else. Well, Laura McLean has been speaking to our reporter, Megan Carr. I woke up in the morning and I got my... Like, out of the bedroom as normal well, I see the boys bedroom door was open so I just closed it and I thought nothing of it I thought maybe they've gone to the toilet in the night time and just one of them left it open um and then my partner was calling me at eight o'clock well, half seven eight o'clock I had about 12 missed calls so I didn't realize my phone was on silent and he said um first thing when he woke up this morning he said oh he said they saw a man at his door he said but I thought it was just another one of his bad dreams he said so I listened to him he said but just thought you know because he's been having a lot of bad dreams coming out of crazy things like Thomas Tank Engines, Evil and stuff like that. Is <laughs> at that age, so. And I was like, oh. And he said, I went down to the car with them ready to take him to school and the car's not there. He said, and the spare car key's gone from the kitchen. And I was like, ah. And obviously I was just shocked. At, I couldn't really think of anything at the start. I was just like gobsmacked. And then it just all came to light that obviously the story that um, the eldest told was true. And yeah, we were just baffled. Obviously straight away he rang the police. Um, and reported the car stolen and uh, yeah I come back after work and I said to him I said do you want me to come back now he was like no it's okay we're just going to stay in not going to take the kids to school today so don't leave the car and stuff because I said do you want to use my car but yeah they had a day in and I came back afterwards to see him so it was all right (laughs) but yeah it was it's scary I mean the thought that knowing literally someone was there like what within two three feet from us and we was asleep and the kids was there and obviously it feels like you weren't there for the kids but we just didn't know it's horrible it seems that you know they're going they're breaking into the houses they're grabbing what they can what looks expensive purses boxes designer stuff i looked on that thing and then they find a car key and then opportunists they take the car is that right that's what i can't understand because the car was taken nothing else was taken um, and even my partner's bank card was in the car, that wasn't taken. There was odds and sods in the car, like a pair of new shoes in the boot, that wasn't taken. But they took his Ray-Ban sunglasses. <laughs> but that nothing else was taken from the house except for the keep, which was really unusual. But there was, most of it had been tidied away and put away anyway, because the kids was here, so obviously it had been tidying up each time. So that from the first look, I suppose, they just see the basics in the living room, most things are in the cupboard, so... You can't really see it unless you move the sofa and go in the cupboard. And obviously the rest of it's in the bedroom. My handbag, I've always been in a habit of having my handbag at my bedside of a night time. So thankfully that was with me. So, yeah, it's just really random that the only thing that they took was the glasses and the car. (laughs) Several other break-ins have been reported in the Borden area of the town. Police have confirmed that that car in question has since been found, although no arrests have been made so far. Four fire engines have been called to tackle a blaze at a derelict pub in Sheerness. It broke out on the first floor of Alexander's on St George's Avenue, which used to be the Noran Chimas. Crews began to put out the flames yesterday evening and no one was hurt. It's not known yet how it started. A performance by the Russian 
National Ballet at Chatham's Central Theatre has been cancelled because of the current conflict in Ukraine. Swan Lake was due to be staged in November, but production company Amanda Concerts says its tour will not go ahead. The UK-based firm has come under fire after dozens of its Russian state opera shows were called off. Kent Online reports. Businesses on one of Kent's high streets have signed up to be safe spaces to help women and girls feel safer. Anyone who's been a victim of crime or is feeling uneasy or lost can go there to be looked after until experts or the emergency services are called if necessary. Well, it's running in Rochester and it's hoped other towns will also join in. Matthew Scott is Kent's police and crime commissioner. The great thing about the the safe spaces scheme is that it will be uh, open to anybody. So if you're feeling unsafe, if you feel that maybe you're being followed or that you're not happy with somebody's behaviour, you can go in and access uh, the safe space. You can speak to the Uh, business or like here at the Visitors Information Centre and they will be able to give you help and advice and signpost you to the right service. The whole thing has been funded by cash from the government's Safer Streets Fund, something that was set up back in 2019. Adrian Gulvin is a local councillor in Medway. We've got some really fantastic businesses here in Medway. They they want to help, they want to be part of the community And, and just by putting the signs in the windows that's just explaining that, yes, they are that. They're part of our community, so they want to help. You can head to the story on Kent Online to see a video report from our colleagues at KMTV. Whilst you're on the site, you can also have a look at new student accommodation in Canterbury, which is going to cost nearly £1,000 a month to rent. Studio flats at Westgate 1 on the High Street are expected to open for residents this summer. The former Barrett's car showroom is being turned into a reception area for the development, which will also include a small coffee shop. A Medway man says new measures to stop drivers hitting a bollard are about as much use as a chocolate teapot. Red markers have been put on the so-called metal bell at the junction between London Road and Gun Lane in Strood. But just days afterwards, a lorry again crashed into it. Well, the dad of a man who's previously hit the bollard is calling for it to be painted orange or red so it stands out more. You can head to the story at Kent Online to let us know what you think should happen to it. Ellie Golding will be hoping her baking skills can match her singing on the new series of The Great Celebrity Bake Off later. The former Uni of Kent student is up against 18 other celebs, including in between a star Blake Harrison, who also now lives in the county. The spin-off charity shows raising money for Stand Up to Cancer and starts tonight on Channel 4. At Kent Online you can see inside the country house near Maidstone that was once home to a Prime Minister's family and has gone on the market for a whopping £10 million. The eight-bedroom home also has a swimming pool, tennis courts and 120 acres of land. It's the joint most expensive property on the market in the county right now and was once home to the Bannerman family whose ancestor was PM back in the early 1900s. And finally today, Olympic sprinter Dina Asher-Smith is going to be made an honorary doctor at the University University of Kent later. She's being recognised for her exceptional and inspirational athletic career and will receive a degree during a ceremony at Rochester Cathedral tonight. Well, you'll be able to see pictures and video on the website following the ceremony. You'll also be able to hear from Dina in bulletins on our sister radio station KMFM tomorrow morning. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and you can also get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site to do it. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.